Welcome back. You are listening to that one sports podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Mitch Wilson. He is Chris Hell. Man, we just want to say, please follow and subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on any platform you can get your podcast. We truly do appreciate it. And man, we got a good show. Chris, my guy, what do we got today, man? Man, we got an easy night. Only two topics to discuss, but less is better. Two very important topics to talk on tonight. We got the NFL draft. We're going to discuss what we think our boys in the red and gold did. Give them a grade. And we're going to talk about the whole landscape of the NFL, what team won the draft and what team lost the draft, in our opinion. And then we're going to go to the NBA playoffs. And you know we got to talk about King James. (laughs) We're going to talk about with this massive matchup, which really has been the rivalry over the past, what, six or seven years that we've had, eight years? Absolutely. Of of NBA basketball. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about what it could possibly do to both of their legacies, Steph Curry and LeBron James. So, Mitch, NFL draft, what grade would you give our Kansas City Chiefs? Ah, oh, well, I'm going to be completely honest. I give the Chiefs a B plus, okay? I give them a B plus because – I feel like every position that we drafted at, we drafted at, at a position of need and also a really good player. So in, in the first round, the Chiefs took, a.k.a. King Felix, Azuma, uh, edge rusher from K-State, which was a local kid, which, I mean, if you think about it, growing up, that had to be his absolute childhood dream to grow up in the KC area, go down the road to Lisa, my high school, and then be able to come into the draft and be drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, dude, when he got drafted, like, you know, normally when guys get drafted, you see, like, their families go crazy, right? Yeah. Man, his family went absolutely nuts. I, I just think that was just an indication of how much of a storybook story this is for him. Like I said, just to be local kid, be drafted by the Chiefs. Um, I also love – the second round draft pick receiver from SMU, uh, Rashi Rice. Um, I do find it very interesting because I was big on Zay Flowers. I really liked him. Um, you also like Quentin Johnson. And I just found it very ironic that through the, the draft process and we knew that there were multiple guys um, down in Texas with Patrick Mahomes. Zay Flowers was one of them. Quentin Johnson was one of them. And I didn't realize until after the Chiefs had made the pick maybe later that night or the next day that Rasheed Rice was down there as well. And I just found it ironic that you had these other college players down there that everyone knew was down there, but for some reason, nobody knew about him. So I don't think that was a coincidence. I think that was a type of situation where maybe, you know, maybe Patrick saw him down there, you know, when he was starting, he was like, Hey, I really like this guy. So, you know, we, we try to keep this on the DL and so I just thought that was very interesting because, like I said, we, you knew of the the bigger name school guys that were down there, but for whatever reason, his name uh, did not get out. Um, I really loved the Oklahoma tackle um, because he, before he transferred to Oklahoma, he was at Tennessee for two years, and he played left tackle at Tennessee. He transfers to Oklahoma, and then he plays right tackle. So I feel like that's a really great situation for us because – Obviously, we, we signed Taylor as a left tackle, so I'll be interested to see if they keep him as a left tackle and plug in Wanye at right tackle or if he's going to have to 
to fight for, for that position. Or I think it would be really, really interesting if all of a sudden they drafted, you know, Wanya Morris and all of a sudden they move him to left and they put Taylor on the right side. I don't see that happening, but again, you never know. Because like I said, you know, with him playing two years at left tackle at Tennessee, then transferring to Oklahoma, then playing right tackle, that just gives us great versatility on the line. Uh, the rest of the guys, we got, we got, you know, a corner, we got a couple more defensive guys, and we got a really, I feel like, good value pick in the uh, the Texas D tackle, who's going to fill uh, the shoes of um, Sanders, the other uh, that left. You know, he went to he signed a deal with the with the uh, Saints. Um, overall, I am extremely happy with our draft because I think most importantly we address position of need and best available. Um, I think that this might be a little homerish. I mean, you have already talked about this, but when I saw Rasheed Rice's highlight, the way he got in and out of his breaks and the way he attacked the ball, it reminded me, I'm not saying he's going to be this good, but it reminded me of DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Well, and you need to let everybody know, and this is not a braggadocious moment, but it kind of is. Oh, oh, Bef- it's yes, before it is. he <laughs> even gave himself that um, comparison. I called you and said, "You know he who he reminds me of. He reminds me of DeAndre Hopkins." And less than twenty four hours later, he gets on his own interview and says, "I mimic my game after D D Hop." So I just want everybody to know that the Chiefs don't pay me, but they should. Because I make comparisons just all day long, baby. Go ahead, Mitch. I just want everybody yes, to know yes, I called out yeah. the D-hop comparison before he even did himself. <laughs> yeah, so that was great. I just – when I saw that, I actually sent the interview to Christopher, and he's like, dang, I'm good. I said, yep. Yeah, you are, my brother. So, yeah, I think overall I think the Chiefs drafted really well. I think that, to be completely honest, I think overall I would say the majority of – NFL teams did draft well. So I'll dive into kind of both. I I have a hard time of grading uh, draft picks just because it's always hindsight 2020, right? You're never going to know what your pick's going to turn into until really two or three, maybe even four years down the road. Because you look at like our first round pick, King Felix. Is Felix going to start right away? And if he gets less than five sacks, are we going to start calling him a bust? And then is he going to get into his head and, and his second year, does it matter? Third year, some people are late bloomers. They pop late. Some people pop early and then that they shoot off like a star and then they're done. I'm going to be interested to see what all these picks turn into. I know Brett Veach, in my opinion, has done it again with the late round picks because King Felix is going to be good. But where I think we did a great job in the draft was Mr. Boyce to men himself, Wanye, Mr. Wanye <laughs> Morris. Just so everybody knows, he was actually named after the Boyce to men singer. I just found that out. I think finding him yes, later sir. in the round was great. Uh, the SMU uh, receiver, Mr. Rice, I think that was huge. And the corner from uh, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech has a long history of providing really good corners out of Virginia Tech. So, we have done it again. I think we found great athletes late. So I would give the Chiefs probably a B minus just because I think we did a pretty good job of, of getting need. But I would have liked a sexier pick moving forward. When we started to see all the wide receivers go off the board, I think Rashid Rice is a really good pick where he's at. 
but I think we could have given up a little bit. And from the rumors that I hear, we tried to with Dallas and we tried to move up because I think we wanted to get one of those four receivers that went off in consecutive order. We knew out of the draft those – go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, we were in constant contact the draft night and literally once the receiver from Ohio State went, I I texted you and I said – here goes the run on receivers. Oh and yeah, sure enough, you did, and you it had went four receivers in a row. Zay and Flowers, and I was like, "Gosh, dang it!" Yeah, you're right. And going to the question of who won the draft and who lost the draft, I'm not a big fan again of t- saying a team was bad or was good. I think the way to answer that question is what team surprised you and what team was kind of a head scratcher. So that's the way that I'll answer it. I think the team that surprised me the most and how aggressive they were was the Eagles. Jumping up and getting Jalen Carter and then getting his Georgia Bulldog teammate. Now they have four starters from the Georgia vaunted defense over the last couple of years. They really have retooled and restocked. I think that was impressive. So they surprised me. My head scratcher team is, is actually going to be Detroit. And I know a lot of um, analysts and talking heads are picking them as well. But they really did kind of shock everybody. You went up and got a running back in the first round really high, which nowadays is not really a position of value. Then you go get a middle linebacker with thumping ability and not even pass coverage skill, which is another uh, archaic and just completely antique style uh, linebacker. He's a throwback that doesn't even really work in today's NFL. And then they went out and got a tight end from Iowa. It's like you just – they did things with all that draft capital that I thought were were head scratchers. You know, they could have went up when they got the running back and got a really good wide receiver for golf. And they could have even got a premier edge rusher. But they went and got a running back that they easily could have found later in the round. So that's the way I would frame up that question, and that's how I would answer it, is the Eagles are my surprise team. The Lions are 100% my head scratcher team. I mean, I would say I feel, in a good way, probably the team that surprised me the most, I would say it was probably the Texans, them having the number two pick. And I think they did a really good job of putting that smoke screen out. Uh, they wanted to, you know, maybe trade out or not take a quarterback because you had a lot of guys, I feel like in the last four, 48 hours before the draft, were mocking Will Anderson, uh, the edge rusher from Bama, to to Houston, then all of a sudden, boom, they take C.J. Stroud. Oh, wait, but we're not done yet. After they pick number two, they trade right back up into the number three in the number three position and go get Will Anderson. And what a great thing for that franchise because hopefully you have your franchise quarterback, and then now you hopefully you have a cornerstone on defense that's going to be an absolute stud. You know, because we all know that the Houston Texans had J.J. Watt for the longest time. He was an absolute beast, but now hopefully Will Anderson can can go in there and just absolutely wreck for them because that franchise needs that. You know, I know we all go through spurts. You know, us as Chiefs fans, we went through like a thirty year spurt. You know, I I just hope for them that that that, that works out. And I would say the team that probably regressed. I mean, I hate to agree with you, but I agree with you. The fact that they took a running back. You know, which obviously now that makes a lot more sense because then they trade DeAndre Swift to Philadelphia. So I understand that. But I'll tell you what, man. All the good quarterbacks that were drafted, 
we're in the AFC. The NFC now, the only two quarterbacks you have in the NFC is Jalen Hurts. And the, the second best guy is Dak Prescott. Ooh, I'm yeah, so scared yeah. of that, dude. Yeah. It, it's no, absolutely it's ridiculous. It's not going to be anything like, great. Yeah, I, I feel like, to be completely honest, unless the Eagles win a Super Bowl, the AFC for the next three, four, five years are going to dominate the Super Bowl because I you feel are like – You are forgetting, though, you are forgetting one team, and that's the Niners. Oh, you're right. You're right, Niners. Okay. The Niners no, are ready. good enough, and they're built oh. – well enough to be a, a threat to Kansas City. But before we go off on, on the draft, you were right about Bryce Young. And we knew either him oh, or one yep. of those quarterbacks were going to go. You picked him to go number one. I picked C.J. Stroud to go. But Bryce Young, so here's here's my concerns, and here's some knowledge for y'all, these fans listening. Do you know Bryce Young is now the lightest quarterback to ever be drafted in the first round? He only measured in at 5'10 and 8th and he's 185 pounds. He's the lightest quarterback ever taken in the NFL in the first round, and he's the lightest quarterback to play in the NFL since 2006. So his weight that he plays at is is what's dangerous to me, where people talk about Kyler and they talked about Drew Brees. Drew Brees played at 210 pounds. Kyler plays at 208. You know, they're, they're a lot bigger really? than bigger guys wow. than you guys think. Bryce Young is 5'10 and 185 pounds. That is not a big man at all. And I don't ever question his skill. And I told you this before he got drafted. I've never questioned his ability to throw the football or his ability to make a read. It's when he gets hit. And it's not if he gets hit. It's when he gets hit. When, absolutely. Can his body last? And he's going to remind me a lot of Kyler, where I bet you the first six weeks of every season, he's going to look like a stud. And then week eight, week nine, when those bruises and that body starts to just kind of dwindle down and you don't have the recovery that you used to have, I think his career is going to be short. And that that's just I, – I don't Ill, wish ill will on anybody, but if you were to ask me to be a betting man, I think Bryce Young is going to have an extremely short career because I don't think he's going to hold up very long. That's just my opinion. So that's why I always went with C.J. Stroud. I don't think C.J. Stroud has the talent that Bryce Young did, but C.J. Stroud's a big dude. And when yeah. you're going to spend millions on somebody, you kind of want him to be able to hold up to that beating. And it's not like Carolina has a great line. You know, it's not horrible, but it's not like he's going to a great team that's already invested all this money in their offensive line. He's going to have to run a little bit. He's going to get beat up. And, and I worry about him because he's little. It, it's not even his height. It's just his – body build. He's a very thin when you see him live and you saw him like in his pro day or the combine or whenever you watch him play, he looks like a corner. He's not a very big dude. He's a very, very average size guy. I mean, what's the average height in, in the United States? 5'10", 5'10 and a half. So he's, yeah, five, ten he's, and a half, yeah. he's at that height and he's at the average height and weight. Average dudes don't play in the NFL. I want everyone to know that. Like, <laughs> that's great. He's a walk around normal size guy. That is literally tiny in the NFL. You are 185 pounds. People forget that our field goal kicker, Mr. Butker himself, is six foot four and like 200 pounds. He is a big human being. You want to know what, though? I will say, dude, for a kicker, him and Tommy Townsend both. The, I mean, they're pretty lean, bro. They got 
you know, they got some muscle, bro. But that's what I'm saying. Like you look at them and they're and all they do is kick all day long and they never really right. get hit. And you're talking about a quarterback at the NFL level that's going to get thrown around. I mean, you saw Tua get thrown around like a raggedy and doll. You don't think he's going to get tossed? Some of those linemen may just blow on Bryce Young and he may get sacked. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, let's, That's my concern. Let's, I, I can understand the concern, but let's, let's not be disrespectful now. Come on. Hey, I mean, I'm I, just I, saying I physics are physics. I'm not right, saying you've got to be tough. Lying. But people forget, even the smaller running backs, they're big. They're right, very, they very muscular. They've got legs that yeah. are the size of freaking tree trunks. Yeah. Bryce Young is a small man compared to the NFL. Yeah, I agree, man. And, and I will say the reason why I like him so much is is just he's small, but that dude, all he does is just win. He is a winner. Really, high though? School, What's he college. won? Okay, really? So high school. What's he won? One, I, I, one I, I, game. I'm just saying. Okay, so they, they didn't win a, a national championship this year. But, dude, I mean, come on. You, you can probably count on one hand the amount of games he lost in college. Like, yeah, but yeah, Mac Jones didn't lose much either. Either did AJ McCarron. Either did any of those boys that played at Alabama. Okay, so I, I agree with you. But whose skill set do you like better, theirs or his? His, but again, is he a product of of Alabama? He's throwing to not just. We've had this conversation before, right? People forget right. that Ohio State and these these blue blood college programs—they're not throwing to average receivers. They've right. got four or five receivers that are going to go in the first round. Right. They are they are so open, it's ridiculous. Have you watched Marvin Harrison Jr. play at Ohio State? I it's guarantee ridiculous. his comeback has gotten four girls pregnant. I promise you <laughs> that it has. The dude's route running is just nasty. And that people say, well, that's what he's going to throw to in the pros. No, he won't. He'll go to a great – I mean, everyone that makes it pro is great. But now everyone on the defense is elite. Is great, yeah. Is great. The corners are now elite. The safety is elite. The linebacker is elite. They're all elite. So even though now you're throwing to the same talent, it's not Alabama. Where Alabama, unless they were playing Georgia or um, Ohio State, that's when the games were close. But they just ran over everybody else. I'm, I'm talking even big programs like right, the Colorados, right, right. the Kansas. Right. These are all D1 schools, but they're not the level of, of right. the SEC. And, and Bryce Young is smaller than me, Mitch. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm a six foot one, 250 pound guy, and I am significantly bigger than Bryce Young. Yeah. I, and I, I want to would watch me walk in an airport and go, that's an NFL player right there. They would look right. and go, that guy looks like he likes Taco Bell. And that is true <laughs> because I do. Hey, you want to know what? I think, I think for us in our podcast, I think this is going to be one of the things that, you know, we look back in one or two years and we'll, we'll get to see, you know, where's Bryce Young? Yeah. Like, you know, were your thoughts, um, were, were they right to see how he's, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's definitely, definitely going to be one of the more interesting things that we have to look forward to. But I'll tell you what, talking about Marvin Harrison, okay, not talking about Marvin Harrison, but that made me think of, of the receiver that you really loved that came out of Ohio State this year that you wanted the Chiefs to draft. Uh, 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 what was his name again? Jackson Smith Njigba. Okay. Um, I don't know if you saw, but when they – after he was drafted, uh, he went to the 
Seattle. I believe I think you went to the Seattle Seahawks. Like um, I saw a a, a bit with um, there was a reporter. I can't remember the name of the reporter, but it was him, the guy that you really love, and it was Garrett Wilson, who just recently who won Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Chris Olave, who plays for the New Orleans Saints, and they're yeah. all now talking with this guy. And I found that very interesting because Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, especially for being in year Garrett Wilson one, just won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's offensive what I just said. Rookie of the Year. Both of them. All right, so Wilson won Rookie of the Year. The other guy had a solid season as a rookie, and they're sitting down talking to this reporter, and and the reporter asks him, "So who, who's who's the best about who's the best route runner?" Garrett Wilson says, "Jigba." He said, "Who's the most athletic?" And then Wilson and uh, Alave point at Jigba, and I'm just like, if you have these two guys. Both saying that this guy coming out this year is better than hit, better than both of them. Holy smokes! And he goes, which I th- I believe he went to Seattle, bro. He did, and let me tell you why he's going to pop, and he's actually my pick for offensive rookie of the year. You're not going to be able to double cover him because you still have to worry about DK Metcalf, and you got Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith just came off his best year that, that he's ever had as a pro. This dude Jackson, Ajax is a stud. He's a stud. And single coverage, I don't care, as a rookie, he's going to dominate. Go watch his highlights and tell me you're just not absolutely impressed. That is a person I would have loved for them, for the Chiefs to jump up and get. Now, we didn't, and we probably would have had to give up a lot to get him. He's a stud. Here's what's crazy. Marvin Harrison's junior is probably better. That's crazy. That's crazy. He's well, going mean, to be a top three well, pick next year. Well, Barring I mean, injury. Look at, but, injury. Dude, but, dude, look at his dad. That man was nasty when he played for the Colts. Him well, and his Peyton, dad, his dad dude, had I a mean, porn stash and a gun. You just can't get any better than that. <laughs> he did, man. Why are you always no, no, asking? No, he did. Hey, well, I tell you what, dude. Dude, Manning to Harrison, was that was just inevitable. You were not stopping. No, there was rumors, and not to get off – uh, track here. There were rumors that they could run routes blindfolded. That's that crazy. they could literally run out routes and stuff blindfolded. You and I heard I heard stuff like that too, and 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 I also heard that they could just like Marvin could go out and get set, and they could just both look look see the coverage and look at each other and change their route and be on the exact same page. That is just absolutely nuts. But like you said, they're all like that. All the ones yeah. that like, I mean. Kelsey and, and Mahomes are Mahomes, very similar to that. Yeah. That, that chemistry is just ill with it. Yes, yes, it is. Just ill with it. it. It is absolutely ill with it. So, yeah, man, I, I feel like – It was a good draft. And, hey, shout out, draft. shout out to Kansas City. I'm, you better know it. I'm not being a homer. When you were watching that live, that looks like what all outside drafts should look like. The fountain – just the Union Station, how cool is it for them? It didn't look like they were walking out of some uh, pre-made building. It was like a very nice building. They got to right. walk through the doors. It took them right to the stage. Kansas City, great job. I'm not disappointed at all, and I'm not surprised. I knew we were going to bring it, and we did. And good job, Kansas City. And NFL draft, it's over, and now it's time to go watch these boys go to camp and start hearing stories of, of who's who's having the leg up, you know? Who's yeah, going to do what? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I actually didn't know that that's actually 
the biggest stage that they had ever built for the that they had ever built for the draft ever. And so well, because they, they had the space for it. I mean, they, they really right. did. Where they had that at. I mean, we hosted massive parades there. So right, yeah, it was it was it was great. Like you said, kudos to Kansas City, man. We did it right. Um, and I think, like you said, when you when you saw it live, um, when when I first saw it live, I was like, not that just because I'm from here. Even if I wasn't from Kansas City, when I saw that that it stage. The fa- it looks so great. So I'm just so happy for Kansas City. And hopefully because of the great success that it was, hopefully, you know, we won't have to wait 35 years to get another one. So, all right, man, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, switch gears now, man, and let's go to the NBA playoffs. We got some, got some very interesting storylines in this. So, Christopher, give me your thoughts on what has happened so far in the NBA playoffs. You know, we could take a long time talking about this because I think we could go down a lot of avenues, right? We could talk about how Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks were upset by the uh, Miami Heat. We could talk about how injuries have really played a huge, huge role. And really, it's huge. Kind of, it's kind of the, the head uh, title to this whole NBA playoffs is injuries, injuries, injuries. We could talk about the Knicks not making it to the second round since, you know, 2013. And now that they have, you know, that's great for the city of New York. NBA is always a little bit better when the Knicks are good. I like seeing the Knicks uh, be good. Injuries have, have really taken the stage for me. But the one I want to talk about the most is this juicy matchup that they have starting tomorrow. Oh, and yes. The Los Angeles Lakers against the Golden State Warriors. The reason why I want to chat about this, and I think the reason why you're going to hear so many storylines regarding this is very, very simple. You're talking about probably the two biggest names right now in the game. Kevin Durant with his injuries and his fiascos that he's made, he's still very big, but they have all they can handle with Denver. Denver's probably the most complete team in the West, but they they give me trepidation because of their experience. This series right here is going to determine a lot of things. Because I think if the Warriors win and they have to go play either one of Phoenix or Denver, Golden State might go win it again. I mean, Golden State, I think, will have a better shot against Phoenix than they will uh, Denver because Denver's depth, I think, will give the Golden States trouble just because they're so long and they play good defense and really Jokic is a stud. Outside of that, though, this LeBron and, and Steph Curry 7.0 or 9.0, however many times they've played each other, it's going to be extremely interesting to see because there's a lot of legacy building on the line here, a lot of legacy building. If LeBron goes and loses, so to me, Le- LeBron is pretty much cemented to me in between that one to three phase. I don't care how you want to argue it, if you want to go Kareem, Jordan, LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, LeBron, LeBron, whatever. He's done enough to be in in that one to three range. However, there, when you're talking about the GOAT or you're talking about who many people are going to consider the greatest all, all, of all time, you have to have very, very little chinks in your armor, right? You're going to have failures, but you have to have way more successes than failures. This could be a great thing for LeBron, and it could be a bad thing. And I don't think Curry has as much to lose, but all to gain. And I'll talk about them both here. So Curry is – if Curry goes and wins, 
and gets knocked out by by Denver. It's whatever, right? He's got four rings. No one ever considered him to be in the top five. He's still cemented as who he is, the greatest shooter, possibly now one if considered the greatest point guard, maybe on, on the fringe top 10, could be number 10. Where LeBron still has a lot to play for is if LeBron loses to Curry and they don't even make it to the to the Western Conference Finals and Curry goes on to win another championship, Curry now has five to your four championships. And you can't say that Curry is like a role player. Curry's not some Robert Ory. If he goes and wins and gets another finals MVP, five rings, two finals MVPs, greatest shooter of all time, two-time <laughs> two unanimous MVP in the regular season, where's the argument now? You now let another person become great underneath your watch after you've already won one. Don't give me that, well, Bird won his rings before Jordan. You're right, but once Jordan won in 1990, nobody ate on his watch. Once he won, now Houston won two, and I'll give you that one of those years Jordan did come back for. So let's say they won one. Outside of that, he owned the 90s. It was Jordan or nothing. He kept so many people from a championship. LeBron James could not look back at his career and say, okay, Kobe was already cemented before I started to play, but Dirk got one on you. Kawhi got two during this time. Curry would now have five. Durant got two on you. All, all these people would have eaten, right? And they would have all got all these rings. But in a positive light, LeBron could also really help his legacy. If LeBron goes out and wins number five, and you're the all-time scoring leader, and you're probably going to be in top five in assists and top ten in rebounds, ooh. So this series to me has a lot riding on it because if he loses – and Curry goes on to win, that's not going to be pretty for his GOAT legacy. But if he goes on to win and he can get to number five, even the really staunch people like me are going to have to start having pause and be like, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, he's done enough. You know what I mean? Like, he's done a lot. So what yeah. do you think about that? I mean, I tell you what, Christopher, you pretty much took the words right out of my mouth, honestly. Um I would say pretty much the only thing I would like to add to what you said. Um, also, if Steph wins, you can argue, in my opinion, you can argue Steph over LeBron because he's got more championships. He's the greatest shooter of all time. But something that he has done that LeBron hasn't, Steph changed the game of how it's played. He literally eliminated a position on the court. Like, I mean, you have guys that are six foot ten and seven foot now that shoot threes and, and are not really post players because of Steph Curry. You know, uh, a great example of that is uh is you have Kevin Durant. That that dude, a seven foot tall dude, is a guard, small forward. I don't care what anyone says that man is a guard. He can handle like a guard, he shoots it like a guard. That man is a guard. I mean Steph has been so vital to the NBA from a fan perspective because, like we were talking about earlier, when you see a person that plays in the NFL, you can tell because for the most part, okay, for the most part, because those guys are just 
physically superior to average people like us. Steph Curry, in my opinion, in this day and age, was one of the first average-looking dudes that made you think you could play in the NBA. You know, and 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 you know what's sad? He's not even average. You know how tall he is? He's like six three. Six yeah. Four. Yeah, he just looks no, at you, Biddy, compared right, to he, NBA players. Exactly, but he he's that dude that you saw. He's not physically imposing. He's tall, you know. Yeah, but he's, he's not. He's not right. like a jack dude or anything like right, that. Exactly, and he he's a very besides his height. I mean, like I said, it'd be different if he was like six seven because you know. But you know, six three, you know. Yeah, that's not that far just, off from what you just, see. I mean, just, that's a that's a tall everyday height, but not tall for the NBA. Exactly, and he was the dude that you're like, man. You and he also made you believe you could shoot threes. Oh, dude, he made kids believe they could shoot it from the from the logo and, and exactly. be good at it. You know, he. But yeah. I will kick back on this, Mitch. My my point is not that he's better than LeBron. It's just that him winning takes away from LeBron's legacy. So we're we're all disagree with you. I don't think Steph does enough on both sides of the floor to ever be better than LeBron because LeBron's size and what he was able to do defensively, not anymore. Everyone knows he does not defend anymore at all, (laughs) but LeBron truly in spurts could lock up your best player. Now I never liked the narrative. He can play one through five. No, he couldn't for a whole game or season. He can do it in spurts. And he showed you that like when he was with the heat, he locked up Derrick Rose. I mean, locked him up. Yeah. And Derrick Rose was a stud. Steph Curry is a liability on defense. The only liability LeBron really has is a free throw shooter, right? He just, he's not a great free throw shooter, but I don't think he'd ever pass LeBron. I just think him winning hurts LeBron's overall legacy because of what Jordan did from 1990 to 1998 when he won. It was bad. So, You'd have to go off of LeBron won his first one in 2010, I think it was, or the, or maybe that's when he lost to the Heat. It might have been 20, or when he lost to uh, uh, San Dallas. No, Dallas. He in lost Dallas, to Dallas. Dallas. I think it was 2011 Dallas. and 2012. He won, and then they lost in 2013. Dude, there's they, no way they should, they should have they never lost to, to Dallas. No, they should have never lost to Dallas ever. That, and, that was that was freaking embarrassing. Flat out honestly, embarrassing. LeBron never should have left the Heat, and and that's just going back to. I know he wanted to go back to Cleveland, but I think if LeBron stayed in Miami, he probably would have already had six. And that's just because they had the money. I think they had the cap space. They would have brought people in. He would have been always able to reload. But what he did in Cleveland is such a big achievement. It kind of trumps him. And and he got that city a championship they haven't had in 50 years. So I would never argue that Curry would be better than LeBron. But the difference is, is, you go from 1990 from when Jordan won his first one to when he won his last, and you look those two years that he didn't win it, which was with Houston, one of the years he wasn't even in basketball. Right. And then the next year when he retired in 98 and came back in 2000 with uh, the the Warrior, uh, the Wizards, they probably would have won it in 99. It was a shortened season. They only played 52 games because of right. a lockout. Lockout, and the, yeah. And the Spurs ended up winning. You're telling me the Jordan Bulls that would have had all those players wouldn't have been able to play 50 games, and Jordan probably would have still been the best player in the NBA? He probably would have had seven. Yep. But that's all That's all hypothetical. When yeah, you look you at know. LeBron, though, loses it and in, in, wins it in 2011, and if you go from 2011 to 2013 or 2023 when he's playing now, a 12-year span, 
Look how many people have gone to the table and taken that man's bone. Right. Think about that. A dynasty grew under his nose. The Golden State Warriors were a dynasty under him. Yeah. And just think, if and like I said, if they get five, bro, it's like... Yeah, Giannis won one. Dirk won one. Kawhi won two. Durant won two. Curry was on the same team, but he won without... uh, Durant. It's like and at some point that's got to be a negative effect. I agree. I agree. Durant. And I will say to 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 kind of wrap this up in a bow. At the end of the day, in my opinion, LeBron needs to win this more than Steph. Be, because it kind of goes back to what you said. If Steph loses, you know, it's whatever. It's kind of like you know he did. You know, he lost to LeBron, right? But if LeBron loses to Steph. And, and Steph, Steph wins it. And Steph, and Steph has Steph to go wins win it. it yeah. And Steph wins it. Then you got dude saying, bro, like. But Steph has to win it. Because if Golden State beats the Lakers and then they lose to Denver, then I think LeBron is. Is okay. No. Okay. But, He's like, okay. But, but like you said, if Steph beats LeBron and they go win another chip and that's five, that 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 definitely is a strike on, on The LeBron. only other player that could hurt LeBron and not as bad as Curry, because Curry would get to five. Is if Phoenix went and won it with KD? Oh yeah. If he went to another team and he won it, now he'd have a ring with two different teams. He would now be at three championships, and even though he wouldn't be at the four with LeBron, it would be that debate now of oh well, look, he went to Phoenix and yeah, he won and- another championship. Those are the two people. I don't think anyone from the East can affect his because all no. those people in the East are looking well, for their first ring. And. I mean, and, and let's be honest. I mean, I think LeBron's kind of lucky that Draymond is an idiot because if it wasn't for Draymond, KD would have stayed in at Golden State. If KD stays at Golden State, dude, they might have six already. Yeah, I mean, barring injury. I mean, yeah. Oh, for I sure. Mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. But yeah. sure, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that, crazy. that team wasn't going to be beaten. If you look at the landscape of the NBA right now with how Curry's still playing, how Klay Thompson can have his moments, and how KD's still a stud – and Draymond Green can still give you defensive effort. What's to say that uh, who was going to beat him? Like you know what right. I mean? Like if right. they stayed oh, together, who in the world would beat them? Dude. Good luck. And, and then now you got Boston losing to Philly tonight. It's like they're they're not showing anything impressive. They just right. beat you without Embiid. Without the without without Embiid the MVP. It's like without him. Right. That's crazy. Uh, all I can say is James Harden must have had a day. 45 points. Oh, he, he had a day. That's definitely getting your lunch pail and going to work, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right. All right. So, man, well, that wraps it up, man. Uh, just real quick, uh, we're going to do a quick uh, shout out like we normally do. Sometimes we forget, but I did not forget tonight. So, um, Christopher, who would you like your sh- shout out to go to? Shout out to my little girl, Charlie. Uh, not that my other kids don't get shout outs, but... Uh, Charlie's doing really, really well in gymnastics, and she's just ticking off the box of all the uh, all the lovely little tricks that she can do, and she's trying out for a USAG team, and she got gymnast of the day today while I was in Chicago. So, Aww. shout out to shout out to my seven year old Charlie, and keep working hard, girl, and really to all my kids, keep working hard, uh, make it worth me making all these trips, because <laughs> if you guys sucked at sports, I'd be pissed. No, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But shout out to my kids, but more specifically, I should say, not most importantly, but more specifically to Charlie. 
Oh, where it go, Charlie? I see you, Charlie. Keep doing your thing, girl. Uh, my shout out uh, is going to uh, a couple dudes that I talk to a lot and um, always just just good friends. Uh, it's it's nice to have um, like you and I. Uh, I like to have um, friends, but more importantly, when it comes to my guy friends, I like to be able to have what I call you know grown man relationships. You know, we can talk often, but then not could talk for a while yeah and we talk again we can just pick right back up so shout out tonight goes to jamie and dan you know who you are i appreciate y'all appreciate your friendship and uh yeah that's my shout out bro i doubt all right then, so see y'all later we appreciate y'all listening to us and on this journey with us please keep listening tell your friends tell your mama tell your grandma about us uh, we're gonna keep doing this thing because we we love bringing you guys content and uh please 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 be kind because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about until next week fam peace peace